From the Toddcast Studios in Ottawa, Ontario, you're listening to Talking Feds. This is Episode 4. Hello and welcome, GC. I'm Todd Lyons. And on this edition of Talking Feds, part three of a six-part series deconstructing the Red Tape Reduction Initiative at Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat. In parts one and two, we hashed out the planning and engagement phases for this initiative. This time, we'll delve into the first of three workshop sessions. Come with me. Okay, welcome to our third session of the Red Tape Production Initiative. Um, what are we doing? It's a biography. It's a, it's a documentary. I don't know. It's a it's a post mortemectory. <laughs> I like that. Let's work that into government lingo. Yeah, it can't be worse than paradigm or yeah, any of the other awful shift. buzzwords we use. Yeah. So I know this is the third session, and we probably should have done this at the first session when it was just blaze and sage and then but we've never actually gone around the table and asked people hi who are you so uh let's let's take a minute and do that now let's uh we'll start with natisha and we'll just go around the table tell us a little bit about yourselves your name background social insurance number blood type anything you feel comfortable sharing maybe not the social insurance number okay (laughs) hi (laughs) my name is natisha and i am a treasury board employee I came to the Tiger team in January of 2015, um, really anxious to use my sociological background and jump into this project. Um, There wasn't a lot of direction when I started, and so it was really, really cool to be a part of this project and being able to build it as we were going. Um, I'm not going to give you my social insurance number. I don't know my blood type. (laughs) Um, that was a joke, by the way. I, I do privacy for a living, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in my spare time, I play the guitar. Cool. Moving on. Okay. Hi, I'm Denise Wild, and I've been working at TBS for nine years now. I joined the Tiger team just in October of 2015, uh, particularly to help out with the uh, Phase 2 workshop series component. Um, I work, uh, typically I'm an analyst and work with small departments and agencies, but thought this would be a really cool, uh, a cool initiative to, uh, dig my teeth in and get some additional experience. So I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and I'm Stacy Illilogy. Um, I'd spell it for you because, um, but anyhow, um, it's just that it, you look at it, Illilogy, and it has like a whole bunch of I's and E's and people kind of just freeze up and should... L's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the I, the I looks like the L. I'm glad you told thought. us your long name, your last name, because I never knew how to pronounce it. <laughs> there you go. All those months together. And, <laughs> and she's just learned how to say my last name. So I, I wait to call people's voicemail after hours. <laughs> yeah. And, I listen to them. and then I write the it down phonetically. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. that I don't have to embarrass myself at a later date. So, <laughs> so all those dropped calls, Stacey, were me. Oh. 
<laughs> I was wondering. Uh, anyhow, so I'm Stacey Lilogy and um, uh, also from uh, Treasury Board Secretariat. And I had the good fortune of joining the Tiger team just a little bit before Natisha in November when things were coming together. Um, my background is, is sort of, it, it's mostly HR related, but outside of government. So performance management, talent management, uh, organization development, that kind of stuff. Um, and I just seem to either attract or be attracted to nebulous, abstract, big projects. So, um, I really love that when you can take something abstract and, um, sort of complex and deconstruct it and turn it into something really cool. So, um, that was great. And, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, really happy to be here and be a part of it. So this session, I think we're focusing on workshops. What led up to the workshops for this initiative? That's a good a good question. <laughs> what did lead up to it? Well, there was a phase one, and we collected all these stories and uh, found out uh, what Red Tape was all about, and we talked a little bit about that before. Um, and from there, we went on to uh, to sort of highlight three areas uh, that we thought where red tape was occurring and, um, they were top of mind for, for a lot of people, for most, a lot of public servants. So it was staffing, um, and, uh, the internal process of grants and contributions. So sort of like behind the counter and, uh, procurement. Um, and so what we did after the phase one stories and the analysis, and we saw, you know, the, this sort of disconnect between, um, what departments were working on in terms of the process and streamlining, but what people were calling red tape, which was unclear direction and client service and so on. We said, and we noticed that there were about 170,000, uh, 170, 170 plus initiatives going on out there. So we decided to, uh, to, to launch a forum. We ran a forum, a one day forum in uh, the National Capital Region, bringing together quite a number, I think it was 72 participants, 26 departments, all working in staffing, internal G's and C's, grants and contributions, and um, and procurement. And from that forum, you know, the, the, the feedback was just really positive. People were hungry for a space to meet and come together and, uh, and, and discuss and exchange what it is, what am I doing? What is my problem? How does my problem compare to yours? Is the root of my problem the same as yours? Maybe or maybe not in, in a department, whether it's risk or approvals or what's going on. And what are you doing about it? And so after that day, um, it was evident that, you know, we needed to, uh, work even more closely with a few select, uh, departments who were ready and raring to go. And, you know, we used some dragon power or tapped into some dragon power and the secretary asked some colleagues to free up some resources. And we created this, uh, eight week, um, workshop series. So we met for two half days for eight weeks and yeah. And we had the grants and contributions stream. And it's also important to note that the direction we were taking after the forum was to give out the message that we're not trying to start something new and that we want to build off the work of what these departments were already working on so that we're not trying to recreate the wheel and start a new process and make things more complicated. We acknowledge that these departments all have been doing significant work and we want to help with that and kind of take it to another level. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should refer to it as a whirlwind workshop series. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really it was, was. It was quite intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't have many resources prior to the workshop series. We were low on staff. We were trying to find analysts. We were trying to find mm-hmm. facilitators. Um but it's just really hard to get people in the government right now. Nobody wants to let go of their employees exactly. on assignments. And so we all had to take on the role of facilitator, analyst, note taker. Um, Coffee grabber, tidbit hoarder. <laughs> security, um, security wrangler. Like we just <clears> – such short resources, mm-hmm. but everybody powered together. Mm-hmm. We worked like an amazing team mm-hmm. and we learned the process quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are the participants for these workshops? Natisha. I have a funny story. So (laughs) our participants came from a range of departments. We had Fisheries and Oceans, Infrastructure Canada, um, Citizenship and Immigration, which is now not the same name, but I can't remember. Immigration. (laughs) Refugees. (laughs) Refugees. Citizenship. Citizenship. um, Canadian Heritage. Agriculture. And the funny story is, we also had a COA, so Atlantic Canada, Canada Opportunities, Opportunities Agencies. Agencies, and that participant was from New Brunswick. Now, how do you get somebody from New Brunswick into na- national capital for eight weeks? Wow. So we decided we will try a WebEx series with him. So we had our participants in one room, and we would have WebEx with him. But our infrastructure in this building doesn't allow for that. <laughs> well, it failed us at it the time. Failed us. Yeah, there's yeah. no there's no volume on. It had no teleconference. It, there was no teleconference yeah. capacity. Yeah. So in order to oh, and, facil- VoIP, and VoIP hadn't been yeah. um, what's the word initiated yet in those rooms. Yeah. So <laughs> to facilitate this, we called in our participant with a cell phone, and we passed him around. The circle <laughs> and put his name on a chair. <laughs> it's true. But nobody could hear him and he couldn't hear anybody. Mm-hmm. So he was, yeah. He we, had to drop out early on uh, because the quality of the communication was really bad and we just couldn't get anything out of him. And poor guy just, you know, he held on for as long as he could, but <laughs> he had to just drop off. It was a valiant effort. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's like the red tape team once again. I know. You know, uh, caught up in the red tape. Exactly. <laughs> Technology Technology Shocking. Yeah, Shocking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my story. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> At one point, people started referring to the phone as, <laughs> as the participant's name. I don't know if we can actually say it loud, but yeah. no. hey, somebody go get so and so, and then go get the phone. <laughs> what were your assumptions going into this workshop series? I guess I had assumed perhaps that what would be the common pain points would have looked more common across the streams. Um, I know that's kind of a nebulous thing. Like if you're not part of it, you wouldn't understand. But um, in terms of like what risk aversion would look like and what the issues with approvals and so on. And also I, w- I didn't I had assumed that perhaps uh, they would all have been all three streams would have been in the same place in terms of their business. Um, maybe I want to say their maturity model in terms of their business maturity model. Yeah. So, 
yeah, that would, that I would say that would be that would have been my my top assumption. My assumptions were that while we were planning, I thought that we would have um, more facilitators to help guide each of the workshops. I remember frantically trying to learn all of the things that Sage and Blaze were prepping us for. And, you know, I just I wasn't sure if I was going to be a facilitator. So I was trying to learn things as much as possible so that if I was a facilitator, I'd be able to carry out the workshops. Um, Luckily, I didn't have to facilitate. And it was good having that background knowledge. But with the participants, I assumed that there would be a lot more, what's the word, resistance on their part to get involved. I thought maybe, you know, you're voluntold to do something. And we had asked them to do a lot of homework and be prepared. And, you know, we asked a lot of a lot out of them and they they produced and they were willing, even though they were so busy with their own schedules, that they came up with the stuff that we'd asked them for in advance and they shared things that we didn't even ask for. The rapport was built right off the bat with the team and everybody worked really well together. So I didn't expect that. And it was a, a, a good thing that happened. Tell me about your expectations. Yeah, that was, that's crazy. Um, I think we were running so fast that I, I'm not sure if uh, – uh, I had clear expectations. <sighs> Jeez. Uh, perhaps one thing I can say is that I thought all the departments, like the, the five that we had in our, our, uh, group, I kind of thought they were, they were, they did everything the same way. I didn't realize exactly. how deeply rooted they were in their ind- individual departmental culture. It was, it was something else. And um, uh, even though we, we knew a little bit about uh, the work that they'd been doing, but they really were at, I had expected them to maybe all be at the same um, level, not level, but the all um, perhaps had done streamlining in the same way. Uh, but some had done lean, which if, if if you've heard about lean, lean is a really, you know, it's a scientific approach and it's a, it's a proven methodology and it's really in depth and so on. And others did, you know, common sense, common sense streamlining and so on. Um, but most of all, the, the, the biggest expectation was that they all approached their, um, grants and contribution programs, like their, their operational processes would be very similar, if not the absolute same. So that was, yeah, that was one expectation of mine. I also expected um, that we would find something, some little nugget somewhere in our whole decomposition of everybody's business process that would that would just strike a light bulb and be like, oh my God, that's that's it. That's where the problem is. Absolutely. But everybody, everybody kind of like as we deconstructed everybody's departmental process, we found that the answer wasn't anything new. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. I guess I expected it to be, um, I expected it to be a lot more clear than what it was. It was a lot more complicated than what I had expected it to be. I thought that going into this, it would be very easy to identify what the main issues were that they were facing. 
and that it would be very clear at the end. But it wasn't. It was very difficult. It took a lot of time, and it wasn't as clear um, as I had originally thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Far more yeah. complicated. I would agree. And with I you. think the participants followed that same line of thinking because at the outset, for the first few workshops, they were they kept asking for clarification as to where we were going and where we were going. And I think I think I shared that with them in terms of just we kind of think the same in terms of we need to know what the end result is so that we can go on that journey and we know where we're going. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I also expected the end result to be a problem with TBS policy and it wasn't the main driver, which was nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're such a good good company person. Um yeah, it was definitely, I have to agree with, uh, with Denise that, um, and Natisha that it wasn't one particular aha. And, um, as we, as Blaze said in our last, uh, Todd, Todd or thing, our last interview. It feels like that, doesn't it? <laughs> our last, sorry. It must be the goof at the as, end of the table. <laughs> as Blaze said before, um, it was just, um, you know, you scratched at one little thing and you pulled at one thread and you thought, oh, cool, I got this. And it unravels into, oh, no, the, the complexity, there are different layers. It's like a, there's a relationship layer and then there is a, um, a technology layer and then there's, you know, a process layer. And there was no one particular thing. And as Natisha said, it wasn't anything, um, you know, like there was no epiphany to be, to be had. It's literally it just wasn't groundbreaking. The same stuff, the same, well, wicked problems, right? Yeah. Those stubborn issues that don't go away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you have risk aversion? Why, you know, why are there so many levels of approvals and things like that? So, yeah. What were the workshops about? The internal process of grants and contributions. <laughs> doesn't that sound? Uh, Sounds. That sound- <laughs> it's thrilling. Tell me everything. <laughs> so, well, um, as as uh, Natisha said, Blaze and Sage they had set out uh, sort of like a, a template or a framework of of different activities. And once again, once it, you know, it, it all it was great. We all like took a look. We fed into it. We're all over it. We're doing it. And then we, we actually started applying it to our individual streams. And so these, the main goal of the workshops, uh, was to really, um, clearly identify problems and the root causes. So we're building on phase one stories. So we're seeing what the red tape is, where it is, and so on. Well, what's causing the red tape in these areas? Where is it coming from? How did it, how did the situation get like this? Right. And so we had um, a series of activities that we were that we uh, outlined, like I said, Sage and Blaze laid the foundation to um, that would help us better problem identify and also drive us toward uh, identifying the what the change drivers are. So what are which ones are if you pull on this string, it's going to that's the one that's the particular issue that will uh, if you fix or touch or tweak that's going to fix the the problem in general. So as we said, those were not as those those kinds of very clear cut change drivers didn't really emerge. But what we did find were some we did manage to, to get toward the root cause of the of some of the pain points. And how we did that 
we started off by, um, you know, doing system maps and stakeholder, the stakeholder maps, um, so that we could understand who the players were, uh, not just the direct players in the applications, um, process for grants and contributions. Um, that's the task that we ended up landing on. So we landed on, um, how to improve or get up to a faster funding decision in the, the application process for grants and contributions. So that's just one part of the grants and contributions life cycle. The entire cycle, you know, goes on into managing a contribution agreement and reporting and assets and blah, 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 and on and on and on. But so we, we needed to break it down into chunks. And so we, we focused the, the participants decided that that's the chunk they wanted to focus on the approval process. So as I said, first we did, what we did was work with the participants. We had, uh, you know, stakeholder mapping exercises, which was really revelatory because I remember Natisha kind of saying, hey guys, what about your indirect stakeholders, you know, like IT? And and then as soon as you say it, it's like, yeah, oh my God, if I want to change, it takes forever and I have to call like the the, the, the IT um, uh, change uh, group only meets once a month and, you know, I got to wait until they're in session before I can get. So things like that, you know, we um, managed to, to bring into their, like onto their radar. Uh, we also did other things. You guys jump in. You were there. <laughs> it was. It's also important to note that when we started with these activities, there were a few people who were resistant to understanding why we were doing it. And so they're just like, well, we've already done lean and we've already figured out this. And like, why are we doing this again? I feel like it's redundant. And then we really, really spelled it out and said, okay, no, what you did was this. And what, what we need is this. Like, we really need you to outline who's direct, who's indirect, how they interact. And then once they started piecing it together, they were just like, oh, really? Okay, I get it. it the light bulb started to click for a few of them. And it made it easier to jump into the next, um, the next process where we asked them to identify, um, the whole process from, application, receipt, all the way to the end of approval. And we, some people gave us a very, um, a very quick and dirty explanation of where it comes from and where it goes without really knowing who's involved until we asked them to go back to the person who takes the application and ask them what the role is, what their role is and how how the the application travels from one point to another. And that, again, was a revelation for some people because they didn't know how involved that one person was and they didn't know that it was this many steps in order to get to the approval. And just the nature of the the the. The, the, the person, uh, Natisha is referring to is a program officer who, who is like sort of the custodian of the application and all the trials and tribulations that they have to encounter, the emotional ups and downs that they encounter as they're shepherding this, uh, application through the hoops, you know, um, that they have to go through, like in terms of approvals and, you know, um, 
when we talk about identifying the pain points, you know, it's things like, well, uh, I need to get this. I have a service standard to respect, but uh, I keep getting I keep falling off of the approval committee's agenda, which pushes back my service standard that, you know, I'm trying desperately to to uphold for my recipient or my um, my client who's waiting for this. Um, and the frustrations that they feel with technology and so on and so forth, it's it's our participants um, really got to experience that through these activities. But, you know, as Natisha said, there was resistance because it's not really clear because they've never, I don't think they've really taken these, done these kinds of exercises mm -hmm. before. And so we're trying to explain that, um, yeah, just, just have a little faith. And, you know, in all, um, to give them credit, they, they stuck with us. <laughs> they weren't always sure where we were going, but they stuck with us. And as Natisha, Natisha said, you know, they, in the end, they, they, a few things happened. Um, the departmental, uh, siloed approach, you know, the way they were so deeply rooted in their departments, it started to shift and crack a little bit where they started to see some similarities, even though, uh, um, among their departments and to see like, oh, hey, you know, we can really maybe work together and, you know, gain some, um, oh, here it is. Synergy, 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 synergy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, economies of scale, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, so that was, you know, that was really rewarding to see. And what was that? It was about four weeks in. How far in were yeah. they when they, when they first realized that they had so much to learn from each other that as they started talking and collaborating, they realized that, that they weren't as dissimilar as each other and they had a lot to gain from talking to each other? Because I don't think that when they came in, admittedly, they didn't know what to expect. They didn't even really know what this was all about. They wanted to come. They wanted to chat with each other. They wanted to complain about TBS and the transfer payment policy. Um, and then we, we told them to be patient and we would get there and we would look at it all. And, uh, yeah. like, like you guys mentioned, we, we've, de we determined with them that it wasn't, it wasn't TBS's problem. There were, there were a variety of other rules and procedures in place, put in place by them to um, protect themselves from risk aversion. And that was common across all the departments and across all the streams. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. absolutely. We, uh, we led them through interview series where each of our participants had to interview key players in the application process. And I remember being on the phone and one of the participants said, and we're here, joining us here are our friends at TBS. And that was like a breakthrough <laughs> moment because we were referred to as, as friends, friends and yeah. not the enemy anymore. Oh, you and don't even know. <laughs> the rapport that we built with these people was just incredible. It, I can't true. even explain how. TBS isn't evil. Is oh, well. I know. We, In a lot of people's eyes, we're the <laughs> culprit. Uh, and TBS is the Death Star. Just saying. Uh, I love your Star Wars references. <laughs> it's and true. We also led the workshops in a very creative manner. So we weren't just standing at the front of the room preaching or talking. We had them working with stickies and big sheets of papers and like moving it was, around, interacting. Yeah, yeah, sticking things around, using glue and scissors. <laughs> and they just, you know, they, they were excited about the arts and crafts that they got oh, to yeah. use. And <laughs> yeah, it just became like a little close-knit family almost. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we, you know, we, we expose them to things that maybe they, or processes or approaches they may not have, uh, you know, turned to on their own, like, uh, business origami, um, which, and we also had an, the aspect of journey mapping, which, um, you know, you get at that kind of information that you need for the journey mapping through the interviews with the, uh, the actual, uh, program officers and people who are walking the journey, uh, to understand their ups and downs and their processes and, and so on. Yeah. I would say that, uh, but you know, I know that <laughs> we said it in tongue in cheek, but it's true when, when, when the, the, the participants first arrived, uh, you know, they made it clear that they wanted to, they had two main objectives. Uh, let TBS know that, um, they're a pain in our day to day operations and I'm being nice. And, uh, and, the, and they wanted to see how they could exchange with each other and help each other with maybe templates or forms or so on. And, um, uh, to, to be called TBS friends in the end is, you know, it's like a, it's a big movement. <laughs> so. You know, we appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's because, I don't think it was because the the transfer payment policy wasn't a pain that we became friends. I think it was just the, I think it was just the understanding that we were here to listen and we were here to actually help. Yeah. And we weren't actually trying to impose anything. We were trying to gain from them and trying to learn from each other. And I think it was just a different approach that perhaps yeah. they weren't, they weren't used to. So. Nor were we trying to shirk responsibility or lay blame at their feet. You know, we literally, we really wanted to, to move their agenda forward. And that was, that was, that became, you know, quite clear that that was really the motive behind it. So, and to give them the opportunity to collaborate with other people and open them up to other, other, other departments so that they can work together, maybe see if one process is different from theirs, if they can adopt a different process, just open up the lines of communication, which they did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What else can you tell me about the approach that you used? Would you call it a user-centric approach? Yes. Well, I thank you, Todd. Good segue. <laughs> uh- <laughs> That's why they pay me the big yes, bucks. Yes, indeed it was a user-centric approach. Yeah. So, you know, user centric design and service design. Um, we didn't do a pure service design, um, method because we only had eight weeks and we got as far as the true, like problem identification and, uh, root causes and sort of a hint at what could, what solutions could be. And, you know, taking it all the way to, uh, solution design prototyping and, and iterate, iterative testing would have been the full, like, gamut of service design. But we did manage to, because by focusing on the user, I really think that we gave them, even the people who did lean, a different perspective on how it really works, you know? I, I'm Like, lean still gets into how, like, the people. It goes into the people. It goes into um, uh, how people run the process and, and even why things are the way they are. And I think our approach, um, which went, I think, beyond just lean and um incorporate it touched on the the deeper uncomfortable issues like uh relationships like relationship with 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 management and transparency and and things like that you know like when you really focus on the person walking the journey and you know tell us we want to know what it is that you experience as you are going through this um it gives a different 
It adds a different um, perspective to just the business process. It really starts to tackle, like I said, the, the bigger, more systemic issues, the more wicked problem issues. The uncomfortableness. Yeah. And one of our participants mentioned that at one, at one point that it was uncomfortable to talk about this, to dig deep into these issues. And wh- what was the terminology? It was like a scab being picked at. <laughs> Nobody liked that. So yeah. it's uncomfortable for management to even talk about this. Yeah, exactly. But it, the, the, I found the, the, the workshop design and the activities, um, made, helped to make it less threatening. Right. It took it out of um, a you and it be more of a we, if I could put it that way. Yeah. Because when you start to look at the person, I think they start to empathize with this person like, oh, my gosh, it takes you what, 45 minutes to turn on to get access to your tech? Like, oh, no wonder you're cranky by <laughs> you know 10 a.m. Uh, and, uh, you know, reporting. Oh, OK. So you actually have like um two, three different uh, drives and neither of you have are on the same drive and can access the information at the same time. Oh, well, that explains a lot, doesn't it? You know? Like, yeah. If it takes um, 45 minutes, as Stacy said, to open up Microsoft Word, they would just go and get coffee and then come back and it's still loading. <laughs> it's just ridiculous that with all this work and service standards, they have to to meet their technology is crap it just doesn't serve the purpose tell us what you really feel oh my god i really feel expressed in this program are (laughs) and so they have these technological um what's the word um they have databases and they have platforms that they use but they don't use them because they don't work to the capacity that they need them to work. So they use something on the side until they have time to enter it into their official database. And that's just wasted time. And, you know, we feel for them. Yeah. To your moment. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have no technological issues here at TBS. Everything runs smoothly all the time. (laughs) We're just in different... I just couldn't imagine having... Those kinds of expectations and deadlines and not having minimal technology that works, you know, just something, something yeah. basic that can allow you to do your job mm-hmm. on time. And, you know, we're, it's funny to say that we're spoiled at TBS because <laughs> we have somewhat working technology and GC docs. Oh boy. You know, they don't even, they're yeah, excited that they're our, getting GC yeah, docs. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, what? It was you, an evil what tackle, Stacey. What do you use? Mm-hmm. One department to share information between one group to another have to send it by CD. Still. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, they're, yeah, it's true. Um, and those who have put in the money for their tech, and there were, like, there were, there were departments in, in our group that did and had, uh, you know, big, quite expensive, uh, technology. But the thing is, is that we found that it's designed for, um, functionality versus usability, which is what we're saying about this, um, the layers, right? So let's say Lean is looking at your process and you look at the process for the person and so on. And, and so Lean takes you that far. But what we did was this user centric approach and looking at, 
mapping out indirect direct stakeholders, we took a look at the tech and how that's helping. Because that tech or is, not helping. Or not helping. <laughs> Good point. Because the tech now, like you can have the process, it looks great on paper, but then to actually run it through with your tech, the the, the tech was not designed to meet how the user works. It was designed for the user to then, you know, adapt. And um, a few things that we found there in, in the tech world, uh, you know, like these applications are, I want to say verbose, but it's not verbose. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're reams and reams of paper. And so you have a tech, let's say that it can only show you three lines of text at a time. <laughs> it's like, it's a 500 page document. <laughs> three lines at a time. One department sent us a picture of an application that comes in and it's about a two to three inch binder. Yeah. And if you're submitting it via email, Sometimes you have to submit five to six attachments for just one application so that everything goes through. And then for that intake officer who has to collect that, it's just madness for them to go through the server and identify which application goes with the same sender when you're getting 60 to 100 applications at the same time. Yeah. That, that's so the kind of madness that they, the users are living. And they, they feel that they become an administrative officer versus a project officer. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's demoralizing, right? Mm -hmm. When you're here to, 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 well, you have a certain level of contribution uh, that you expect and you want to give and uh, you're hampered by this kind of red tape what and and on top of that you're supposed to have a system they are promised a system that can manage this but it it in reality can't so that's also demoralizing yeah so yeah. that's just one layer of mm -hmm. frustration exactly moving on mm -hmm. all right what were the participants reactions when they started well, I, I'll say that uh, <laughs> when we told them, and I think it was like maybe uh, the second or third workshop when we said, you're not going home with the solution. And they said, okay, does my ADM know that? Because uh, <laughs> somebody better call this person and tell them that I'm not coming home with a solution at the end of these eight weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> and so, you know, we, we reassured them that, yeah, we were pretty clear that this is not, um, it's not, this is not your, uh, your regular, you know, um, typical working group, it's really um, getting at the complexity of the issue and really being able to define what is a complex problem and then better better um, uh, breaking it down so that we have some way to address it. But in eight weeks, you know, we weren't able to do with a, a complete full solution. And then we talked when we talked about some of our artifacts in the end, like uh, a journey map and like, what's a journey map? What like what's that going to do for me? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, but it's amazing how things changed as they they really committed to the journey. And um, as as we moved along and walked along the process, then this uh, the journey map started to make sense. You know, there's there at least one department in particular, and I'd say all of them. They, they've, they really, the journey map captures what is a, um, what could be in a very dull report and brings it to life. The, 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 what we, just what we described before about the ups and downs and the frustrations, because it's not just, oh, my employees are unhappy. No, it's, well, do you want the most out of your employees, the greatest capacity? Well, these are the issues that are hampering that, 
right? When you're looking for capacity in your organization and, and uh, you know, performance management and you want service standards, they're like, well, we put all these things in place. Why isn't the result turning out the way we envisioned? Well, that's part of the issue is um, that's what these, uh, these, the workshops, the activities, and then the, the outputs, these products like the journey maps, the personas, they help to, to um, demystify what's going on in there yeah yeah i I concur (laughs) i as well (laughs) i don't think i have anything else to add (laughs) except for just that when they start some of them when they started they didn't um understand what we were doing that was different from lean Mm -hmm. and even halfway through or closer to the end one participant said you know all the things we're discussing it's not new. We already know all this stuff. My ADM already knows all this stuff, but it's the method that you're taking to deconstruct our process is that's is what is different than what we're used to. Yeah. And some of the feedback like just from being here when participants said uh being here and and exchanging, you know, you guys put me this because if you total it up, even though it was over eight weeks, it, it ended up being, I think, like 48 hours really total. Um, and these 48 hours, if you want to put it that way, commitment resulted in putting me like four or four weeks ahead in, in the work I had to do and uh, understanding the issues and, and so on. So, you know, I mean, like that that's rewarding for us, you know, because mm-hmm. we also put our heart and soul into mm-hmm. this thing, yeah. <laughs> especially when they're all so busy with their tasks and they're they're carrying five to 10 different hats at a time. They're not just doing one job. They're managerial positions. And with low staff, they're taking on a lot more than what they're supposed to be taking on. Yeah. They were a great group. They didn't just, Mm -hmm. um, they didn't just show up which is, I, I somewhat expected that. I somewhat expected them just to show up because they were told to show up and they would kind of walk through it zombie-like, but they were quite engaged. They remain engaged and uh, it was good to see. Yeah. Yeah, they they actually wanted us to keep this going after the eight weeks and unfortunately we weren't able to, but they have continued to keep it going. One of the participants is chairing it and getting other participants involved and so that's it's pretty amazing that they're keeping this alive yeah so proud yeah Yeah. we are proud mom moment (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's true we all have this maternal feeling toward them (laughs) oh well (laughs) can you tell me about some of the activities that were undertaken in this process well um for the workshop in particular workshop activities Yeah. yeah Um, so we talked about uh, the stakeholder mapping, business origami. Uh, we did the task, a task decomposition, which meant that we, we went through the process. And for each step of the step in the process, we had to understand why, why were you doing it? Is, do you do this because you, because the policy says you have to do it? Uh, or, uh, meaning the TBS policy or maybe a departmental practice or maybe it's just the way the program is designed. We really wanted to get to understand like some of the root causes behind, uh, the behaviors and activities. So that was, um, that was, that was enlightening. And so when we first, when we did the task decomposition, we then went on, to, to supplement that information and that detail with uh, interviews. 
and uh, the interviews, you know, the thing is, right, is that that's where the the task decomposition is focusing just on activities and process. And you may, people may start, may talk, may write it because it's written. Um, you know, they don't really get into the real emotion behind it because we also ask like what are you feeling at this at this point what's going on and most times the sheet we got back blankety blank on that <laughs> like no not blankety blank just blank <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> anyhow but then when you go to the interview piece that's when they really open up um and you know in some cases we even kind of thought maybe they were numb because they just mm-hmm. like we had to kind of ask like, OK, so what's going on when you're doing that, you know, and you're like cobbling together 500, four, four different emails and, and 500 sheets of paper to make one application? You know what? Like, what are you feeling? Um, feeling I just doing it. <laughs> and then what do you mean? Yeah. What do you by mean keeping? by feeling? It's my yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking about feelings? Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. so it, sometimes it took a while before they kind of got to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe I don't have to deal with that. Maybe maybe there is a better way. Um, yeah. One lady had said after I think half an hour of talking, Stacy was probing and probing and then she's like, okay, well, maybe it would make sense if we documented our process so that if somebody new came in, they would know how to do the job. And we're like, hmm, yeah, yeah maybe. Well, you know, there, yeah, there's a, a step, good, see? That's, that's, there's something that can't be that's done. That's a good idea. You know, things, because at one point, happen. you might not be there. Things can happen. Mm-hmm. Things can change, you know? You, you don't retire. have to always be this way. So, mm. yeah. So, um, yeah, there's that. And uh, we, we also did some other pretty interesting things. Um, after we did the task decomposition and the interviews, and we were really starting to really try to get the, the, get to the root cause, we, we suggested that they use this adaptive action um, grid. Well, it's, it, which was taken, it's really the adaptive action cycle. Um, and just for a plug for the school, if you're interested, they, they give courses on that at the school now, and it's, um, it's pretty cool. Um, the adaptive action grid, we, and this is their level of commitment. We suggested, you know, take it back at your management table, uh, with your other colleagues, go through it. And what it does is it establishes, it's a series of questions and, and a, just a framework to, um, understand the what. So the what were the things that we identified, the pain points that we identified in the, um, during the interviews and the, the task decomposition and the things that we'd done before. And then, as we go through the what, then we use, we, uh, we layered on to the adaptive action uh, grid, this uh, f- five whys, you know, like, okay, so why, what led to this? Why, why is this situation the way it is? And as they were doing that, they start to like head toward the root cause of why these issues were coming up. Why is it? And that's where we found out things like, how come the tech is, you know, it's there, it's sophisticated, but how come it's not supporting the user as it should? Well, because we, we designed it without going into a really deep, deep analysis of what, how the user works, um, in some cases. And then, uh, from there, um, the rest of the, the adaptive action is like, okay, so then what can, what possibilities could lead out of this? You know, what can we do? So that was one, another activity. We also did this, uh, foresight. I call it foresight light because God knows I am not, <laughs> I am not a foresight expert where we tried to, um, the aim of that exercise was to, um, 
push them out of the siloed thinking and more towards this, what they call enterprise grants and contributions thinking, where um, there's a common language and there are common processes and things like that. Because right now, like I said, departments are pretty well rooted in how they do things. And uh, even just, I call my client a recipient. Oh, I call my client a proponent. Oh, okay. Is it still a client though? It's the same thing, right? Okay. Um, so things like that. So the foresight exercise was like mapping out what's fading away, what's, you know, emerging. And then in this little sweet spot is like, what, uh, what's the ideal state? And then how can we get there? And looking uh, across the entire uh, grants and contributions life cycle, and um, and thinking just outside of, you know, blue sky, outside of departmental constraints and so on and so forth. So that was another good exercise. And and believe it or not, Natisha then for the final exercise. So what do you guys want to do? And this is to show how far we've come, because in the first like I think it was second workshop and we're all looking at their individual processes and they're like, Man, this is like a total show. Like, I uh, mine doesn't even look like yours. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, how are we going to do this? And then Nadisha says, what do you want to do for the last workshop? Well, hey, guys, why don't we try to map out one common um, approval, uh, funding approval process? I don't know for you guys, but it was like, you know, the lights emerged. The, the clouds parted. There was light. <laughs> Angels were singing. I was like, oh, my God, a common process. Really? We've come that far in eight weeks. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so, yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. OK, I think I might have gushed there. Gush. There might have been some gushing. Gushing is good. <laughs> we need more gushing. Some in gushing. Government. Some gushing. There might have been some gushing. I'm sorry. <laughs> what were your findings? Mm. Well, we kind of been talking about them yeah. mm-hmm. all the way through. Mm-hmm. And as we said, they're not, you know, it's like it's not earth shattering. Mm-hmm. It's no. the it's the wicked problems mm-hmm. that we all talk about. We were I was looking at uh, Australia's internal red tape report the other day, uh, and it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. risk aversion. Mm-hmm. It's tech. Okay. It's approvals like layers it's and layers culture. and layers. Culture of people and service. Mm-hmm. Big time. Absolutely. And I think everybody's feeling that. It's being afraid of change, being yeah. afraid to take a risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things. Um, and just being, you put these layers of approvals and processes just to make sure that nothing bad happens. And when, at what point can you change that? There's past mistakes, I guess. And <laughs> I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to name names or blame anybody but um you know from past mistakes they're trying to put a band-aid on it by putting so many layers of approval and that's not necessarily the right way to do this well yeah no i totally agree with natisha it's it's it, that is true what you, you absolutely you know that's what we found we're not mm-hmm. making it up we're mm-hmm. this is not us just kind of pontificating it's mm-hmm. like that's what we found mm-hmm. you know the we saw we saw stacks <laughs> audit also plays a role is another thing and if you if we look at the sort of the history of grants and contributions you know and and with anything it swings right the pendulum mm-hmm. swings it's like a whole bunch of rules a whole bunch of approvals uh uh, because in reaction to maybe an audit where there weren't a lot of rules and so on and approvals and, 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 you know, 
in order and there was negative media attention and so they clamped down and so everything every no matter how small no matter how uh, how long you've had a relationship 30 years with a recipient and you still run them through the entire um, you know in-depth approval process it's um, it's sort of a knee-jerk reaction and uh, so that's what we're hoping mm -hmm. the next step is that people will uh, look mm -hmm. at our findings and the, the solution types of types of things like, you know, areas to study further and have a good conversation about why, why don't we leverage a, what would, what would make a, a, a risk based framework that makes sense and maybe look across departments instead of just within your own department. Maybe there's a, there's a, a program that's similar to yours where a risk based approach is working and, you know, so transparency and sharing of information. I know it sounds like really trite, like, well, just, talk to each other but <laughs> it's it's having the right conversation in the right way um that's why we we're well i should speak myself but i think we're all pretty big proponents of the tools and the approach that we took because it helped to really uh like we said demystify and lend not just rigor but uh language and deconstruct i know we've said that many times but deconstruct the the what are seemingly complex issues but to put them into manageable chunks and to know that when you tackle that issue it is likely going to solve this problem as opposed to just throwing resources and darts and money at a potential solution that you think will address this particular issue and it's going to take a lot of commitment from top down I mean, we we went through this eight-week process of de-layering each part of the process from intake to approval. Now that we've sort of done all of our research and put everything down on paper, it's going to take commitment from the top level to look at everything that's involved, all the players that's involved, the touch time, all the time that it takes just to do one of the tasks in order to get it to one set of approvals, are there things that can be changed? Can delegation levels be lowered so that we can make our service standards smaller than what they are right now? And, you know, understanding that if an application goes to the minister level, it can sit there for up to 50 days. And is that acceptable? Do you want these things to happen? So that's what I mean by commitment. They're going to have to look at the process and everything that we've delayered and understand if they're, if they even understand that this is what's going on and perhaps some change can be made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As Natisha is saying, if, I mean, you know, these programs are there also to serve the minister's mandate. So if, and, and transparency, we talk about transparency and commitment to transparency, tra commitment to good service levels. So, you know, um, everybody has a role to play, right? Everybody can do something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do the participants feel about this process? What sort of feedback were you getting from them by the end? They were so motivated to keep it going. They really enjoyed the the sessions. Um, they said some of the activities were a bit redundant, but they understand why we did them. And they said they wouldn't change any of it. But all in all, the feedback was extremely positive and the fact that they want to keep this going and have us facilitate it speaks volumes. Yeah, totally agree. Mm -hmm. I think they would have been happy just to sit there and talk with each other. 
about well. just yep. just to talk about what's been going on in in everybody's department and to see how they could learn from each other. They found that so beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they wanted to spend more time collaborating and sharing um, experiences and sharing practices more than doing these activities. Yeah. But we explained that we couldn't get off on a tangent for too long. But we did give them the capacity to talk and share and mm-hmm. exchange mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. So, <laughs> now what? <laughs> yeah, good question. Mm-hmm. So what? Now what? Um, so now <clears throat> we're wrapping up. A report was made documenting the whole process and all of our findings, a beautiful report. <laughs> um, we have put together a deck so that our ADM level or DG level can go present at departments to um, show them what we've done, the progress that we've made and start the conversation, start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think um, hopefully if you're not familiar with and you haven't taken like led or run any of these types of activities like stakeholder mapping and so on and so forth it may seem a little overwhelming you know at first but um i'm just gonna do a plug for micro missions you know like there are facilitators out there in in the in the system who have the training to 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 facilitate these these kind of activities even if you like and you don't have to set up anything different it could be uh, just, uh, at your, your next management retreat, you know, maybe half a day or something, you get a micro mission, you get a facilitator in somebody who's like, you know, like one of us, the tiger team folks and, uh, have, and help you help to introduce these kinds of, um, approaches into your, uh, into your business life and your business cycles, you know, but really for G's and C's for the grants and contributions stream, it's really like the, the now what is really departments, you know, here's the information, pick up the mantle, lead the charge, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so looking back at the workshop series, what worked really well? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say the three of us worked yeah. really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was... Um, I think creating an environment for where they felt comfortable enough, where the participants felt comfortable enough to actually, they were frank, they were open, they didn't hold back, they put it all on the table and were not concerned about what they said. I think that worked really well because you can't benefit at all if people are going to hold back. So that environment absolutely. worked well. Create, Denise is told absolutely right. That I don't say much, but when I do, <laughs> you know, on. thanks right. for getting up today and coming in <laughs> for that. It's so true. Yeah. Building on that, creating some trust mm-hmm. and, you know, we, yeah. The workshops were very well organized and a lot of work had been done in planning and putting it together. Like just working with these ladies, Stacy and Denise, everything was super well organized. They don't miss a beat. <laughs> Just, I, I I looked at it as like uh, the three-legged stool. Like if <laughs> if if one of us was missing, that stool is gonna fall down, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so it it really was a team effort. Like yeah, honest to God, it was yeah. it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be yeah my my Michael Jackson moment. <laughs> you know where they said that he kept trying to recreate uh, you know Thriller. Yeah, my Thriller <laughs> moment. Anyhow, sorry. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Anything that you would do differently? I wish that the workshops could have lasted longer. 
So did they, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. I wish we had yeah. more time. I really wish we could have completed the full like service design mm -hmm. and gone from into because the thing is we were so close we were so close there are so many good uh, solution types we keep like air quotes solution types mm -hmm. that we've come up with that if we had just a little bit more time um, to to run them into prototyping and and some iterative testing I think we could have really well you know it could it, it just would have been really nice. Yeah, that's the only thing. To at least have tried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That being said, though, the departments can take, if they choose, um, what they've learned, and they can make change in their department if, uh, if they want to. Yeah. Yes. So hopefully we will see some change. Yeah. Yeah. We'll and see. that's it, you know, because uh, I remember in one workshop that uh, at one point, you know, they, they're like, well, you know, this is all about change and uh, your commitment as an individual to change and we're like yes <laughs> what's your commitment to change mm -hmm. you know so one thing I would have done which is completely unrealistic but in my in a perfect world near towards the end of one of our workshops I would have invited the ADMs to come and see what we were doing yeah I don't know how that would have worked if yeah. they would have come because no, it's true. For any reason, but it just would have been nice for them to see what they have, what they signed up for, what results we've yielded, what kind of information sharing we built through this. You and know. to see them in action, mm -hmm. like to see their people in action, yeah. like, you know, working the <laughs> working the stickies. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, putting the pros together. Getting their sharpie on. Yeah, getting their sharpie on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing all these down to use. You know, like business origami exactly. the heck out of it. Like, seriously. I'm sure they would have been um, proud and also engaged and just seeing how we do business in a different way, in a setting the tone for um, innovation. Oh, because there you go. That you just had to drop that Boom. word in. Yeah. Setting the tone for innovation just to see what kind of capacity we could lend them. But you know, Natisha, sorry, I hope it's just a few more minutes. Um, I know we're coming to the end of our time, but seriously, like innovation, but to see, like we say innovation all the time, but what does it actually look like? Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it has a lot of pretty colored stickies. No, I'm mm -hmm. just kidding. But seriously, it's, it, it was, it was an innovative way of working in terms of it uh maybe the the problems weren't new but the approach was new mm -hmm. and um and different and and inno innovative and yeah. to see it in action i think would give senior leaders sort of like um i don't know like maybe it would have created it would create more buy-in to see it in action or to say oh well i need to really free up space for this kind of um intervention you know i need to yeah, it would be really cool if we could do the same workshop series with ADMs only Ooh. to see what the, their perspective is Ooh. and do a comparative their user journey. Yeah, oh. a, a comparison between what the workers are doing <laughs> and what their um, call out. Yeah, oh. yeah, that that will never happen. But micromission. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> In a perfect world. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea, Natisha. All right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think, Denise? Yeah, I'll ask Roger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll start here at TBS. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Natisha, Denise, Stacy, this has been fun. I, I thought it might lack something without without Blaze's overlarge personality here, but 
you know what? <laughs> he would so have been funny. superfluous because you guys are amazing. So oh, let's let's get thank you, Todd. Let's get let's get back together on Thursday and, and uh, all right, yeah, sounds good. Have another discussion. All okay. right, all right. Cool. thank you. Good. Thanks. You've been listening to Talking Feds, Episode Three. I'd like to thank my guests, Stacey Alelogy, Natisha Patel, and Denise Wild. All opinions expressed on the program are strictly those of the individual and are not necessarily those of their employer. Talking Feds is planned, written, and technically produced using open source software, Canboard, DocuWiki, and Audacity running on Kubuntu Linux and Linux Mint KDE edition. Our theme music is by Jazar and is used under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Talking Fed's content is free to use and share under the same CC by SA license, and episodes are always available on the open web at toddlines.ca. If you've got a comment, a suggestion, or a question, please join the Talking Feds group on GC Connects, and you can reach me directly at todd at toddlines.ca. I'm Todd Lyons. See you next time. <laughs>